Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, four. Everybody, Joe Wu here on the Career Expert Live. It's your favorite host, Joseph Joe Wu Reichowski here. We've got a very special episode um, with Oren Claff here. He'll bring him on just a moment. But uh, those of you who know, Oren is the author of the best-selling number one book, Pitch Anything. I just read it over the last uh, couple of weeks. Beautiful book. Uh, it's amazing how to present, persuade, and win the deal. And uh, with securities markets experience and capital raising advisory leadership, Oren is the director of capital markets at Investment Bank Intersection Capital, where he manages its capital raising platform, retail and wholesale distribution, business and product development. And Oren co-developed and oversees Intersection Capital's flagship product, Velocity. And from 2003 to 2008, as he applied his pioneering approaches to raising capital and incorporating neuroscience into the capital markets programs, Oren raised over 400 million of investor capital from high net worth individuals and financial institutions. And Oren's a member of uh, Geyser Holdings Investment Committee, where he's been a principal since 2006. And during its growth, he was responsible for sales, marketing, branding, product development, and business development. Previously, he was a venture analyst and partner at several mid-sized investment funds. And this guy's just absolutely amazing. Love his work. Um, love the product pitch anything. So we're getting ready to bring Oren on here. And let's go live. Hello, Oren. Hey, good morning. Can you say amazing again? I like that. Oh yeah, yeah, amazing. <laughs> so uh, that's awesome. That, that's my that's my phrase. I say to everybody, live amazing. So um, I, I just kind of wanted to create a phrase, and I use that every day because everything's amazing. And you know, if you're confident and you know positive, professional, you live amazing and you have a beautiful life. So well, uh, uh, welcome thank to the you. show. And with that, yeah, no, with that, let's throw some pitches and uh, you know, trying to hit the skin off the ball. Although I hate sports metaphors in business. There's lesson one. Don't use sports and military metaphors in right. business. Absolutely. Confusing. No, absolutely. People. Yeah, no, it absolutely does. And, I, and I've done that myself too, where, you know, I've, I, I was, I'm big into sports and I was early on in my career was using a lot of sports metaphors and people look at you and say, what are you talking about? And then I think sometimes it gets a little old when you, when you use those same phrases and terminology. So I quickly got rid of that and was like, okay, it's obviously not working. So, so. But uh, I love your work, man. It's really great stuff. And I just finished, as I was telling my listeners, I just finished uh, your book, Pitch Anything. And I've been following you probably for a good six months. And how I uh, came about you was I saw some, you know, Facebook ads, I think that came up and I was like, wow, who's this like six minute pitch? This is really kind of interesting. And I just got so into it. And just the whole you know, neuroscience behind it is, is absolutely uh, really great stuff. And just what you talk about is, I think, what's so needed in this world. Um, so uh, thank you for being on here. I really appreciate it. Hey, um, this is my job is to talk to you. So yep. uh, let's do it. I've scheduled four hours. And uh, let's start with where you were born, what part of the United States, where you first went to school, who your first high school girlfriend was, <laughs> and tell me about your first car. I'm glad to have you on the show, Joe. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. <laughs> so my name is uh, – how did we do that? I love this. My name is Joe Rychowski, and um, – in my career, I started out by uh, not uh, living to my true self, and I settled in my career early on, made a lot of mistakes, both professionally and financial, and in the last 10 years, I was able to come up with a way and methodology uh, to turn my life and career around, and now actually uh, going into entrepreneurship, started up my company called joewoo.com, and it helps people 
find their true career and true calling in life, whether it be a high school or college student or an established professional like myself who had those same experiences. So that's my story. Uh, well, awesome. Yeah, it's a great it's a great story. Glad to be here. Let's talk about pitch, pitch anything, and where you want to take it. It's your show. You're in charge. Yep. Tell me what to do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, when to jump and how high. Awesome. I love it, man. Thank you so much again. So, you know, I talked to our listeners about your bio and about your, your career a little bit. So what were some of your early successes in your career? Like what were some things that just stood out that you did that were really good? Yeah. So, I mean, early on uh, in my career, I was able to start a software company up from scratch, grew it up to 70 people uh, and, you know, did it in a very entrepreneurial, probably like people listening way. Uh, and then we needed money, right? Right. And so success can turn into panic when you need to raise capital. And then, you know, I thought I was a good businessman, good entrepreneur, but all of a sudden I needed to know how to talk to the capital markets. So if you think right. about the grocery store or the meat market or the cheese shop, right? Well, there's the equivalent of that for money called, the, you know, the capital markets. That's Wall Street or Silicon Valley. And you have to go there and ask those guys for money. Uh, and you have to know how to talk their language. So just being a business person does not give you that language. And so right. uh, um, the early success was growing a company, but then I had to learn how to find money for it. Right. Gotcha. So you know, obviously you probably went through some hard lessons then, um, you know, when trying to raise money, because I think we all sort of do that. And, you know, as I'm getting into sales, I see so many people, we just focus right in on the product. Hey, look at my product. This is what it does. And this is what it is, where it's not focusing on the need or not really focusing on how you solve a problem. So um, do you see a yeah, lot of that, yeah. you know, when you, when you teach people? So what happens is uh, people don't, they know what they want, but they don't understand what happens in the mind of the audience or the person that they're talking to when they're right. asking for something. So if you think about, you know, proto humans or early humans, uh, 150,000 years ago, there was nothing. So when you came up and asked somebody else for something, right, there was no uh, Whole Foods and there wasn't Starbucks and there wasn't anything. So right. you came up to me and asked me, I w the only things I might have is a stick, a woman, and some food. Okay? Yep. And if you asked me for any of those things, I would immediately go into a panic because I didn't have any way to replace those. So when you ask somebody for something, it, uh, it makes you seem needy and it terrifies the person you're asking. Now, it might not seem that way, but that is the first reaction they have, and they get scared. So there's right. special ways to ask people for things that doesn't scare them or make you seem needy. Right. Gotcha. And that's a little bit what you talk about in your book about the crock brain, how we sort of think and how we, how we interact. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to read you the book, but uh, in, in terms of the, the, what most people don't understand, and I didn't at one point, is how the human mind really processes information, right? So you walk up right. to someone and you say, hey, I'd like you to uh, uh, think about giving me a job or I'd like you to put some money in my startup company or I want something from you, right? And, and we think we're, they're logically following our argument. Hey, right. uh, I'm looking to buy a house. The house is very valuable. Why don't you come in as an investor? But that's the last part of the brain that gets activated when you start talking to someone, Right, so there's right. three parts of the brain, and the first part of the brain that first encounters any information that you're talking about is the crocodile brain, right? The yep. ancient part of the mind, and that part of the mind, you start talking, Joe, and you start saying, 
this, that, and the other, real estate, startup, investment, job. And all my brain is hearing, hmm, is this something I want to eat? Is this something I want to kill? Or is this something I want to mate with? Right? right. So you're trying to convince me to buy something, and I'm trying to decide if I want to mate with you. These are two right. very, very different um, means of communication. So you've got to get past that crocodile uh, part of the brain, which really truncates information, doesn't see shades of nuance, and only understands uh, very, very clear motivations of the human uh, psychology. Right. And so if right. you can't, if you can't get past the crocodile brain, whatever it is you're pitching, gold dust, space dust, free cocaine, rides to the moon, uh, a submarine, it doesn't matter what it is, and no one's going to buy it because they, they, it's too much information. Right? Yeah. So basic, basic breakdown of um, not what you have, but why you have it and why what you have is important. Once, you, once the brain feels safe, then you can start to give it information. Right. No, that's great. And, and what I like specifically, too, about, you know, uh, pitching is when you talk about the frame control and the importance of, of when, you know, to actually use that in the various frame controls. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's, to me, that was like one of the biggest things that stood out for me you know, as I was going through this process was I never really realized the whole thing about frame control and really how you boiled it down and said, you know, there's, there's a couple of these different ways to, to frame things and, and how to get the power frame and things like that. I was like, wow. And I even just went out and and just tried some of the stuff, just some of the basic stuff to practice, and it worked very, very well. And I was amazed by it. And obviously a little scared at first because I'm like, wait, am I going to actually say something to an executive like that to pull something away or do something or do this or do that? But once you kind of get the flow going with it, uh, it really is great stuff. So, so how does that uh, sort of work with the frame control? Yeah, I mean, if you're not familiar with frame control, I can ramp you up pretty quickly. So sure. Many people and your parents probably told you, hey, look for a win-win situation. Or if you work at a company, they go, hey, we seek win-win situations. But that doesn't make any sense. There's always a loser, right, Right. Uh, in some small way, right? The, there's always price imbalance. A deal is always unfair. A job either has too many hours or not enough pay or too much pay. There's no perfect balance. There's no win-win. So right. the, the, and, and so there's no middle ground. When people come together to do a deal – this is what happens. Either you see it their way and you buy their version or they see it your way and they buy your version. So right. your job is to frame, is provide a window on the facts and the information and everything going on um, that they see. Otherwise, they'll come up with their own ideas. You have to – right? it's a movie. Yeah. Right? Uh, um, so a book is sort of frameless. Right, because you visualize everything, but a movie frames things very, very tightly, and it's your job to provide that movie for the buyer to see what you have specifically, and and give the perspective on whatever it is you're selling. Not allow the buyer to form his own perspective. So a right. frame is the window you give on yourself, the thing you're selling, and the deal. Right, and it it is framed. It has boundaries. So some information goes in and some information is purposely left out because people can't accept too much information. So you have to frame it for them. That's what, you know, if you're watching, framing came from this politics, uh, you know, right. politics, framing issues, right? The issues are too complex. Nuclear armament is too complex for anybody in the civilian population to really understand. So it gets framed as good, bad, us, them, 
uh, powerful, not powerful. That's framing, right? So right. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, when we, we, you know, when, when NATO shoots one of its own soldiers, right, that's bad. It's us killing one of our own people, but we call it friendly fire, right? It's right. not friendly, but that framing that gives a nice, um, uh, comfortable frame around something that's terrible. So framing right. is important. You have to give people a window to see what you have that benefits you and not them. Yeah, and that's, that's great. And I think, too, you talk about, you know, the sort of the win-win. And I think we're always taught that. And that's always how I went into a lot of, you know, my proposals in the past and really until I read your book. And I was like, wow, I'm like, I can't believe I'm going into this. And I'm thinking a win-win is, is really great because everybody makes out, everybody's happy and everybody's good. And then when I really read this, it really kind of hit me hard. And I said, you know, you really got to go out there and, and really win the deal. You know, they got to get your perspective on it because if you're not, you're not really going to get the money, you know, things are going to settle. You're not going to get as much money. You might not get a lot of the control and things that you actually need um, for your business. So it's very, very powerful stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So you must see that a lot when people come in, they just kind of say, Hey, you know, it's, as long as we win, win, everybody, you know, benefits and everybody's great. So I'm sure you see that quite a bit. Yeah, I see, you know, so, so I think what, you know, another issue that you're raising is most of the meetings I go to have no tension in them, right? right? Hey, good to meet you. Hey, good to meet you. Nice to be here. Nice to invite you. Hey, would you like right. some water? Yeah, some water would be great. Would you like any coffee? No. What? Oh, um, what's the weather like where you came from? It's a huge, colossal waste of time. Nothing yeah. is being accomplished. Everybody's being nice to each other. You are not in a real pitch, a real negotiation, a real situation until there's some tension. And that's, right. I think, our next subject. People want what they can't have. People only value that which they pay for, right? And people chase that which moves away from them. So, yeah. if you say, "Hey, uh, we're selling, you know, a case of ball bearings, a case of bananas, a fighter jet, whatever it is," the price is five million dollars for the fighter jet, right? And and now right. people know, okay, I can have it, right? All I have to do yeah. is give a contract, I can buy it. Now let me go look for options on the internet, right? Yep. And so once the if you wipe all the tension out, people know the price. You tell them what you have. The meeting's over, right? Yeah. And so, so you've got to maintain that tension, um, you, you know, throughout. Otherwise, you're going to be – if their sense is that you're needy, you want the order, you're going to be chasing them, right? right. And that's wrong. Once people, once people recognize that you're chasing them and that you need the order, they will be giddy with power and control you. And they'll say, I'll yeah. think about it. Send me the information. You know, thank you very much for coming here today. We'll get back to you. And that's the yeah. worst place that a salesperson, an executive, a business person, a young person wants to be in, which is uh, uh, thanks for the information. We'll get back to you. If you hear right. that, something yeah. went wrong. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're pretty much done. And, and I, you know, obviously as I do career coaching and I see a lot of salespeople and, you know, I've really gotten ingrained in sales and I see so many people you know, doing that. They say, oh, yeah, they just said, Hey, send us information. They're kind of like, okay, what do I do next? And then as I went to this book, I'm like, wow, they're really not doing some of the basic things that they, they really should. And you know, I think especially, you know, the neediness, you know, they come across like, Hey, I need this. I need this. And I think you bring a great point about, you know, putting it out there, you know, the tension. So, so what are some ways you can create a little bit of tension, just some, some basic things you can do in a meeting to create some good tension that keeps the interest going? Yeah, I mean, I will tell you a story. Uh, so I was recently in London, went to consult with um, one of my clients was a small ad agency, but they got gobbled up by a huge ad agency. 
So I got invited to go speak and give a presentation at the larger company. I mean, I'm talking huge, middle of London. They just renovated their lobby, gold-lined walls, leather floors, scantily clad women serving champagne, right. uh, uh, you know, zip lines with little pieces of chocolate coming by. You just grab up like the most almost like Russian opulent. I mean, it must have been 10 million pounds, the lobby. They were so proud of it. So I go into meeting, meeting with their CEO before I give the presentation, and I say, listen, I really like the way you started on the lobby. I'm excited to see when construction finishes and you get it cleaned up. Right? Yeah. Right. And so, wow. so the thing that they were most proud of, uh, you know, I took away from them, and, uh, you know, and they were caught flat-footed, and then I had the frame, I had control, I had the laughter, and, uh, and the meeting was mine instead of them lording over me with a $10 million gold guild, 10 million pound gold gilded uh, lobby. So, so there's some fun things you can do, but there's a, you know, there's a million things you can do. Uh, and and the, the, the practical reality is just use time. You say, yeah. hey guys, uh, it's 10 o'clock. Why don't we kick this thing off? I know we're scheduled for 10. Some of your people aren't here yet. Why don't they play catch up? But we're very short on time extremely busy um and this is the time we're scheduled let's kick it off so people can catch up we've got about a 15 minute presentation and then we'll let you ask some questions after that so even if you're going for a job interview right uh, yeah uh you know and and it's running late they think hey whatever your time is you is is has no value and their time is so important you can say hey look uh we're scheduled for 10 o'clock uh you know i've been here early if mr jones wants to reschedule and he can't make that time, let me know, right? Um, otherwise, why don't we get in the conference room or his room and get this thing started? Okay, right. that's a fair thing to say. I mean, you traveled across town, you went yep. to their office, they're not paying you, right? That's the moral. So that's something you can do. It certainly creates some tension, but it's honest and it's fair. And you know what? Yeah. If they overreact to you saying that, then they are not people that you want to get in a long-term relationship with because. Uh, everybody knows, you know, time is money, and meetings are supposed to start on time, unless, of course, they come and say, "We're so sorry, you know, we're going to be 15 minutes late. We'll make it up to you." Right? right. They haven't said that. You're just cooling your heels in the lobby, reading a 10-year-old Sports Illustrated, right, uh, and and drinking some uh, water out of a tiny Dixie cup. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's you, you are not in control when that happens. So you go and say, yeah. "Hey, listen, I'm scheduled for 10." I understand if it moves a few minutes, that can happen. But I'm here on time. Let's get this meeting started, or Mr. Jones can reschedule. Tell me what you want yeah. to do. That's fair, and that's tension. Yeah, and I agree. And, and that was, you know, I actually practiced that um, you know, a few months ago. I was actually, uh, you know, doing a pitch, um, and I had the same thing kind of happen. I got in there. It was about uh, 2 o'clock, and, you know, gave it a few minutes. And then about 2.15, 2.20, I was like, oh, probably another 10 minutes. And then I, I said, you know, I'll wait. And then it was nerve-wracking for me because I'm like – you know, I didn't want to like, you know, lose this. I didn't want to come across as a jerk. But then I basically said, hey, you know, it's 220 here. I've been waiting around a little bit. You know, my time is valuable. And I said, I think we need to reschedule at this point. Let's do that. And, you know, I walked out. And sure enough, um, they called uh, a couple hours later and said, hey, can you come back for a scene morning? We're so sorry. And like then the whole nerves went away. I was like, wow, this really does work. And you're absolutely right, though, because if you get in there and you just kind of let them do their thing, they're basically walking all over you. And, and then they have contr complete control of the whole thing at that point. And I've seen that happen in the past too, where, you know, especially meetings with, with management where I've kind of like let that go. And I, now I say to myself, wow, it's absolutely amazing. I let that go. And now I can see where the meeting went off on tangents and 
simple things like that. But it, it's, I think time is actually one of the, the beautiful things in this, in this book and what you do is you really focus on, on that whole, you know, time frame piece and, and you really get a lot of control with that very easily. Hey, listen, there's risk when you do that, yeah. right? So somebody can go, hey, we find that condescending. This job is important and we're interviewing lots of candidates. Um, we don't like being talked to that way. Um, you know, Mr. Jones will be with you when he's ready, right? right. So two things. If you allow that to happen, worse things are going to happen. Right. Okay? And that's not normal behavior. Right? right. And so you, yes, you could lose it and there's risk and it might be a job you want. It might be a good job at the end of the day. Right. You weren't going to get it anyway because either they're not real or they're not good people or they're not good right. to work with or they don't run a fair process. Right. So you have to take the, And it's not really a risk. What it does is it flushes out people's real intent at the beginning. And you yep. don't have to go weeks and weeks and weeks of running around in circles seeing what they're really about to come to the conclusion. I don't like those guys. They're not good guys. Even if they offered me a job. I wouldn't take it. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing, too, as, as you kind of get through this, you say to yourself, okay, wow, this is very risky. I, I could lose this deal. But then, you know, as I kind of sort of got that confidence, I said, you know, maybe this isn't the, the right thing. And sure enough, they called and things worked out, you know, perfectly. But I can see certain situations where, you know, it might upset, you know, a group. But I think you're absolutely right. You just, you know, it might not be the right thing because they're going to get so much control out of this that, you know, it, it's not going to be a good thing for you. So I like that. That's, that's really great stuff. Yeah. So kind of getting back to a little bit of the, uh, you know, the power frame disruptor, I know we talked a little bit about that, but what's, what's the best way for somebody to, to gain confidence um, to do something like that? Because again, I think that's very risky too, you know, and I, and I like where um, in the book you mentioned about taking away, you know, the hard copy presentation kind of yanked it away and was a little bit of playful. And, you know, like for me, that's like, oh my gosh, like, you know, again, you go back to the nervousness of that. Uh, but what are some things you can actually do to kind of prepare yourself for that? I mean, I, a lot of, Sometimes I just tell people, coach it. Hey, sometimes you just got to say, heck with it and just do it and, and, you know, get out of your comfort zone and, and do that. But what are some things that you can teach people to get out there and do stuff like that to, to get that power frame? Sure. I'll give you an exact script, right? Start yep. of the meeting. Everybody's there. You say, Hey guys, um, when we get this thing started, right? Here's the agenda in my mind. First of all, does anybody need fluids in or out? If not, yep. let's get started. <laughs> I'm going to give a presentation for about 15 minutes covering what we have or my background, a little bit about myself, what I've done, what our uh, company does, and about our product. Then I'll give you some time. And you don't have to – by the way, you don't use that inflection. I'm giving you the script. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'll give you some time. I'll give you some time to talk about yourselves in context – and in, in light of um, the presentation, and then we'll see if our circles overlap, if it makes sense to continue the conversation. Super busy this time of year, a lot going on. We've built about uh, 45 minutes an hour for the meeting today. So I think uh, if we can get kicked off, keep us on schedule, and then, of course, we got to um, uh, get moving to our next appointment. Yep. Sound good? Absolutely. I'll get started. Yeah. So now – the tone is important, right? So you say, hey, uh, you know, probably goes like this. Hey, guys, anybody need fluids in or out? Uh, if not, why don't we get started? Look, I prepared about a 10, 15-minute presentation here today. Let me kick that off. Uh, when, uh, when I wrap that up, I'll give you guys some time to tell me a little bit about yourself and how you fit or don't fit. We'll see if our circles overlap. 
if it makes sense for us to continue the conversation, work together, and we'll figure out next steps. If that sounds good, I'll get started. Look up on the screen, slide one. No, that's great. Yeah, that's that's really good stuff. So as we kind of uh, conclude, this has been just fascinating, learning a lot from you and, and just kind of going through this process. Um, so with, you know, with, with our listeners here, what's one piece of advice? If you had one piece of advice you can give our listeners um, you know, about persuading and pitching, what would that be? Just one good nugget of information for them. So for me, uh, the if, <laughs> let's see, if I had to boil it all down to one piece of advice, it would be, Never go in needy. Once you communicate yep. neediness, you are re- – right? And we hear it all the time. Hey, and, and neediness isn't just I need this deal or I'm really excited to be working with you or I hope you choose us, right? It comes in things like uh, sorry we're late, right? Um, right. Couldn't find a parking spot, right? But we're really excited to work with you. This is neediness, right? You couldn't find – you couldn't get to an important meeting on time. And, then, and you start the first word of the meeting is uh, uh, you're sorry. So don't communicate neediness, right? Right. And so, you know, think about the people aren't needy. They're busy. And they go, listen, uh, I've got a meeting. Let's see if we can figure it out. We only have, you know, 24 containers of ball bearings. Everybody wants them. Um, you know, there's a, there was a, a world shortage of them. You know, we've got the last four, 24 cases. I'm not saying you say this, but these are people right. who aren't needy, right? They go – uh, we're not discounting them. You know, tell me what your proposal is. How many you want to buy? I can only, you know, 50 people want them. I have 24. Let's try and figure something out. Right. right. Those are people who aren't needy. People who are right. needy are, we just got a shipment of 5,000 cases in, right? And we haven't sold any. Right. And so, yeah. so that's, that's someone who's in, in a needy position. You have to figure out how to not communicate that neediness. You know, whether you need right. a job, whether you, um, need to make your first sale it's it's so step one is just focus and don't communicate that you're needy and and maintain your own dignity and integrity don't sit around in waiting rooms you know for people right. to start late or have people you know lord over you yeah i love it that that's that's perfect advice so and i know you've got to go i know you got a very busy schedule i really want to thank you so much for your time today Oren. this has been a wonderful interview and very fascinating and, and i love your work and i'll make sure that i let our listeners know about all your information and put the website and the book information up so people can hopefully buy it and uh i appreciate your time today so look let's yeah let's send people to evangeline pitch com slash great uh go go so where's the six-minute pitch at? Oh, so it's the pitchanything.com forward slash v6. Okay, here's where you send people to get this Great. nailed down. Like, I'll show you how to do all of this. Pitchanything.com forward slash v as in vector six. Great. And there you're going to learn how to give a real six-minute pitch for whatever it is you're doing. Publish that link. That would be good for people. Will do. Awesome. Thank you so much, Ryan. I really Bye, appreciate man. your time today. Take care. All right, I'm All right. Hang, I'm hanging up on you. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. All right, that was Warren Claff. Thank you so much, uh, Warren. Truly fascinating uh, interview, and love how he comes right out and actually um, basically interviews me and gets me to do a pitch. So, uh, and, and that's the kind of person you like and you need to have in your corner. Um, so, Warren Claff, uh, author of Pitch Anything. Again, it's pitchanything.com forward slash B as in Victor. Six S I X. We'll put that on all the social media so everyone 
has that information and uh, definitely uh, take advantage of this. Speaking from my experience, I've really grown so much from this information and really been able to to pitch and be confident. And I think, you know, Oren's big point um, with, you know, never going in needy. I think that's one of the biggest things that we do. We go in needy, we want business, we get hooked into that. And it really goes after our, our emotional needs. You know, we're looking to um, to get that certainty that we're going to get a deal or we want the money, you know, we're desperate for that stuff. And you go in needy is absolutely right. Uh, you lose a deal. And I think anytime you do that in any situation, even a salary negotiation, job interview, I've seen people come in needy. And it, what is it from the perspective? It's a turnoff. It really is. So going with that confidence and uh, definitely read this book. It's, it's fascinating. You'll love it. And uh, this has been a wonderful interview. And again, as I said, we'll put that information up. So we're going to get ready to wrap up the show here for this week. Um, have uh, we get to the job news next week? We have heard a couple uh, additional companies like State Street and Avon have some additional layoffs. So we'll kind of get to that information. Um, just the major news that's going on right now. Um, we talked about is uh, the jobs have been um, as far as the uh, job numbers. Uh, they've actually been going down. Unemployment continues to go down. So we'll see as that actually uh, you know trends um, in the coming weeks, especially as we get towards the uh, convention time the election and into election season in the fall. Um, and also too, just so you guys are aware, we're probably gonna be starting up a new YouTube series. I work on that, I don't wanna go spill all the details just yet. So look for that. Uh, and it's really gonna be helping people in their careers and helping people find jobs. Um, so it'll be really, uh, really great to do that. And uh, we'll see you next week with another special guest. We'll have that information posted soon. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us today. Uh, and thank you for being a part of this journey and live amazing everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.